Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Woff. Let's kick start for August 14th for you. Month is half over. My, my, my edibles are still working. <laughs> still not working or still are working? They still are working. Okay. Don't fuck with me. Good. Good. <laughs> hey, I'm going to get right at it because you guys don't have a lot of time. Shout Select is having a sale, but it only runs through tomorrow night, the 15th. So... Is that planned by Shout, or did you just miss the beginning of it? What no, is this, three, I, this is like a three-day fire sale? It's literally the 11th through the 15th. Oh, that's kind of bogus. Yeah, after after the last two sales that we got from, was it from Arrow Kino's and Kino? still going on. Dude, <laughs> Kino, did you see the post that Kino yes. threw up? Should we continue for next, should we continue for two days? Yes or no? And they got yeah. like a 93 to 7, uh, you know, percentage of yes. It's that made-up extension. I'm like, oh, Oh, look, we didn't get the sales we wanted. Hey, we're going to extend it because of overwhelming demand. You mean demand for your, it's overwhelming demand for your bank account. Kino's got some cool shit coming out, unfortunately, yeah. for me. Like the challenge, they put, there's that, that there's a new, I think a 4K for the challenge coming out with all this new commentary and shit. I'm like, you motherfuckers. Who's over there programming this stuff? Who's, who is that? Who is that? Hey, Shout Select sale affects 135 titles. It's a good selection of 50% off for the most part. And it covers the standard Blu-ray and if there's a 4K counterpart, that as well. Is uh, Do we get that Jackie Chan box set? Is that part of the sale? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I would, not that I would buy it. I think there's like two Jackie Chan movies I give a shit about. Yeah. Well, that one's volume two. I don't know. I think volume ones might be part of it too. Uh, as long as they're like the good ones and not shit like Shanghai Nights and Shanghai no, Mornings. No, these, like, these are like overseas <laughs> things. Rush, oh, good. Yeah. Because, dude, I wouldn't pay a dime for the Rush Hour series. They're terrible. <laughs> I wouldn't give my time to the Rush Hour series. I wouldn't, yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw the first one and then I watched, I saw half of the second one. So I, I would have to look at, I just saw the thing. I got to look at the, uh, I got to look and see which Jackie Chan movies are actually... Uh, in that box set. Yeah, it's there's two volumes. I They're saw both, there was two volumes. They're yeah, both yeah. on sale. But it, it runs the gamut. The first one starts with Killer Meteor, Meteors, which is 1976, and that one runs through 82, through Dragon Lord. And then the other set start picks up in, with this first title after that in 83 with Winners and Sinners, and that runs through 93. Uh, yeah, 93. And that's City Hunter, as well as Crime Story before that. So... They're not terrible ones. They're good ones. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, you know what I would love for them to, I, why don't they just get on board and why don't they do a good, why don't they do a nice upscaled version of the big brawl? There's got to be a bunch of fun shit from that. Yeah. I don't know if that, I mean, did Warner Brothers put that out, didn't they? Yep. Yeah. As much care as they usually show for things, that might be a reason why we haven't seen anything because maybe the, maybe the neg is shit. Or it's in Warner Archive, and, you know, they're just... <laughs> they're taking their time. Sitting on it. Oh, does anyone want to see that? No. We'll, we'll, we'll put that out. Well, you know, we'll put it on a double disc with the Frisco Kid. That's <laughs> great pairing. Uh, I should note, because anytime this movie's on sale, it's our requirement of our show. It's in our bylaws, the Karate in the Garage bylaws, that when Streets of Fire is on sale, we have to tell you. So, it's on sale. Yep. There you go. It's <laughs> on sale. It's on sale. And with Michael T. Williamson <laughs> as one of the Sorrells, nameless Sorrell. If you want to get Michael T. Williamson a movie to watch, <laughs> don't watch Devil's <Shelter. laughs> Watch Heat or anything. Uh, or William Friedkin's Twelve Angry Men. Do you know what, what would have made Double Tap better? Is is if 
Edibles? My, Michael T. put that bit in his mouth that he used in Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine him telling uh, Heather Lockley what to do with that thing in his mouth? That shit would have been funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was already it was it was already funny. Well, no, it's just if it can't <laughs> it just make it, funnier. It would make it interesting, which is it, what it isn't right now in the state that it is. Correct. Oh, devil tap. You silly bastard. Oh, tap. <laughs> I we want to be a noir movie for about the middle section, and the rest of it we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. No man. Stephen Ray. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Ray. There you go, everybody. In case you missed it. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we had, I mean, the last time the shout sale came on for a shout, it's always shouts. Like we haven't had the, they haven't had a sale sale that wasn't specific to shout. They didn't have like, they're always very particular, right? About when, the, what sales they have on. It's always this John Carpenter stuff on Screen Factory you know, or it's selects or it's, it's rarely like an entire store, the entire store is on sale, which is always kind of a bummer, but it makes sense. They're not doing that blanket thing that Criterion or Barnes and Noble does, where you can count on that like five times a year to, to deplete your bank account with the sale on things that you'd missed the last time you had <laughs> one sale and, right? you, and you left them in your cart. Yeah. I had left stuff in the shout cart. So everything from the last shout select sale is still sitting there that I didn't buy. Is it still on sale? Is it, is it, is it all back on sale? It's retroactive. It rolls right back. There was some, I mean, if you remember on e-commerce early on, I hate using that phrase because that shows you how, how long ago this this anecdote takes place. But there's a time where you put you had stuff in your cart and the sale goes away and the sale comes back and that doesn't reflect any price. You literally had to like dump it and then, re, then put it back in your cart again. Yeah. It's not like it is an Amazon. It's like an Amazon now where they're, or they tell you they it's tell gone you, up eighteen percent, or it's gone. They're they're doing that silly thing where they are trying to sell you something. So are and they? they want you to buy it. Who Amazon? They do that. Yeah, yeah. They seem so on the up and up. Yeah, I don't know. A to Z. A to Z. A to Z. Uh, so like we don't like to talk about dead people on this show, but <laughs> William Freakin did pass away last week. Yeah, bummer. I was like. Oh. When it happened, we were all just kind of sitting around going, shit, do we talk about this? We recorded Double Tap after the fact. And, yeah. You know, and we didn't want to. Um, it's usually a Kickstarter kind of thing. And for a, for a man whose work we've talked extensively about, whether we're talking specifically to his movies or talking about the movies that clearly had their, they were influenced by his work. Yeah, freaking's a bummer. I mean, yeah, he was up there in age, but man, one of the things that we both enjoy so much about him has his out beyond his work is his outspokenness and and his frankness about anything. And when I say frankness, yep, your frank, absolutely, our frankness and his frankness were very different. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Uh, yeah, man. Look, I, it's so weird. Like, I never really thought, you know. It's, I, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Like I just got a random text. Right? I didn't, I didn't even know I was yeah. in the car and I was driving to, uh, the picket line and I parked my car and I looked down and I got a text from Zach. This is, uh, RIP Friedkin. And I was like, what? Yeah. You know? And I was just like, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. But lots of good movies. Lots of, you know, he had such a long kind of 
up and down career. I mean, the, the right. highs are super high right. and some of the lows are super low. Right. I was reading some piece on him and uh, some, you know, some knucklehead was waxing about, you know, how could the guy who, you know, gave us the French Connection and the Exorcist and, blah, 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 and in the 90s give us these shit movies like Jade and <laughs> just like, I don't know, man. Yeah, go back and watch those movies again, the ones that are shit. Like Matt. You know, that you're, that you're calling shit. I guess, and I promise you, they'll feel a lot less like shit once you watch them. I'm just saying, like, dude, even no, if they, I know, but know, I mean, a shit movie by Friedkin is better than exactly. 90% of what we get today. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's right? That's what I'm saying. I'm going to be frank. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of being frank. Speaking of being frank. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, man. Like uh, somebody was like, well, what, what, what is it something that comes to mind? When you think of William Friedkin, what's the first thing you think of? And the first thing I think of is always car chases, right? Yeah. Like, because, dude, I mean, that guy, I mean, I want to say he practically reinvented the car chase. And I know Bullet had come like a couple years before the French Connection. Right. But I mean, I just watched the French connection and that car chase in the French connection dude is exhilarating as is the one into live and die in LA. Right. And the, there's a great one at the beginning of sorcerer, right. um, you know, and there's a great one in Jade again. It's, you know, he's a, he's a guy who, uh, I feel like he's on par, like, you know, his contemporaries. I mean, I feel like he's a little bit before Michael Mann, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. I feel like he's a director who's kind of, I don't want to say underappreciated, but maybe a little bit. I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a bummer, you know. But maybe people will discover like you know some of his other works, like The Brink's Job and Cruising's another thing that sort of you know kind of regurgitated. I mean, not regurgitated, but resurfaced you know in the last few years. Because I remember, I remember when I was young, man. Everyone just talked about how shitty Cruising was, and then at a certain point, like it became like a masterpiece. <laughs> so. What is it? Is it shitty or is it a masterpiece? I mean, you know, it's, it, it, but again, I guess films are subjective and, uh, you know, and, and the cool thing, the thing about Freakin is he was never afraid to like do his thing. Right. Like right. there was nobody going to tell him how to make a movie or like, Oh, maybe we don't want to, uh, you know, maybe we don't slap that per No, you know, whatever his movies are uncompromised. They're unflinching, you know, the, the narrative's always right there in your face. I mean, and he kind of went through a resurgence in the late 90s anyway with uh, Rules of Engagement and Hunted kind of went into the, uh, you know, he, he's a long career, man, and it's a bummer. And I just want to say goodbye because very influential on uh, my film career and uh, how I learned to sort of not be a jackass, you know, and take it serious and <laughs> right. realize it was a fucking job and not a party all day long. Right. So. That seems to be the the one thing about this business that surprises people. That you have to, it is actually a job and you have it to work. It is a job. I can't tell you how many people have had visit set with me and just have that look of, uh, where's Crafty at? Funny. Like, and it's the constant yawning. They have no idea how uneventful it all is. And so, yeah, the glamorous thing uh, is goes away really fast when you bring somebody on a set. Maybe by lunchtime, they're like, yeah, I have a lot more respect for what you do. Like, yeah, it's a struggle to stay awake sometimes. But the job is sitting around waiting to do shit. And, and then by the time you're ready to do shit is to be careful about it and be safe about it. Because even the, the most 
rudimentary moment in a movie that you're about to film could cause injury. And whether it's something, making sure people are watching out for a dolly track or whatever, there's a certain seriousness. You can have fun. Here's a, don't get me wrong. It's fun on a set, um, but it's still a fucking job. But yeah. so, so that fun on the set is shaped by the fact that you are working a job. It's not the same fun on the set that you would have if you're just visiting a set. It's not the same. No, man. Yeah. And, and again, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Sorry. On the driving front, uh, I think I might've shared this with you. Uh, Edgar Wright had uh, shared an email that, that William freaking had sent him while he was, uh, while Edgar was flying back to Los to, uh, to, to the UK for a visit. And he starts talking about and answering the question and the, the, subject line was regarding baby driver. Now that wasn't really what they were talking about, but freaking is clearly answering a question of his. And it says to answer your question, the French connection chase was inspired by the city of New York and the fact that I love to travel by subway and elevated trains. So it's like, it was, in many ways it was a response to the chase and bullet. <laughs> right. Anyway, I'll, I'll share that. If you have Instagram, you'll see that in the show links. I won't uh, take a screenshot because I want to make sure everybody sees it. If, if you're not on Patreon, you won't see it. So show notes on that. Show notes. Show notes. Yeah, Billy was one of those guys that, you know, like like I mentioned on the show, I took Joey to go see Sorcerer in 35 at New Beverly's several months back. And right away, he was like, that was his first freaking movie. He hadn't seen anything before that. And he was so like, Oh, I want to see that again. I want to see his other movies. And so we talked about that. And so I go, we can start off with this one. And I handed him extra assist. He goes, uh, uh, I'm like, I'm kidding. You're not watching that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> it needs some time, buddy. I said, Sorcerer works for me because it's probably the most low key rated R movie you're ever going to see. It's like if, it, if there was PG 13 as possible, Back then, that's what it would be. Not, that's not a slight at all. It's just, it's one of those movies in the 70s where it, it had that weird nebulous thing where it sat between a PG and an R-rated movie. It really kind of didn't, it wasn't PG just because of the... Well, it's mostly the language, I think. Yeah, and it's pretty intense too. So then that was enough to get movie I, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It would, I mean, I, I can't imagine like, you know, taking a... 12 year old to see it like you know no. on the same day that star wars opened no <laughs> well you're like finding it playing anywhere too that's part of its downfall was like star wars that being the juggernaut that it was it gobbled it all up that's why it took so many years you know that movie definitely would have found a better audience if it hadn't been dropped in like 87 right instead of 77 it would have found an audience quicker because for the longest time that fucking movie was unavailable on video when even when video was hitting, it was, it was, you know, it's funny that there was never a, uh, it was always a fucking carved up vi version of it too. Right. It wasn't even like, um, cause I remember there was a, when I got that, uh, Blu-ray when it came out with his little, you know, excerpt from his book in it, right. you know, that I think that's the first time we've ever seen the movie, you know, in its freaking entirety, right. you know, on home video. Cause it was always like just this hacked up four by three scan pen scan. Uh, I remember seeing it and I was like, what, what is this? And then, you know, seeing it years later and then seeing it on a big screen. Finally, it, it was, it's just a great movie. Yep. Highs are the highs and the lows are the lows. Yep. Guardian. 
No, see, and that's the thing is like, it's, I love the garden. Do we not talk I about do this? Too. We talked about it because it's got a, yeah. blue, a Blu-ray came out. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's like, like, like I noted, it's the closest thing to an evil dead movie that Bill freaking was ever going to do. But I think that's what he was going for. And I think, oh, people, yeah. I think that people like, I think people were expecting the exorcist and what they got wasn't the exorcist. And no. that was one of the reasons people are like, they always shit on that movie, but Hey, who knows, man? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Bill, man, you'll be missed. And that's the final word for me on Bill freaking. Yeah. That was the, by the way, the guardian was the first freaking movie I saw in the theater. To Live and Die in L.A. was the first one I saw. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't see it until home. I just saw that at home video. And then I had a copy of it. I think I might have watched it fucking a dozen times that, that summer. Yeah, until the fucking <laughs> video demagnetized. Yep. <laughs> oh, VHS, you silly bastard. Oh, yeah, man. Can't. doesn't matter what you do with the tracking. You're never going to be able to. It's always going to have some shit near the bottom. Yeah. Hey, uh, I mentioned this back when it first got announced. So I'm going to make sure to throw this out there. The 4K from Paramount Presents of Roman Holiday is out on Tuesday the 15th. Starring Eddie Albert. Yeah. And I believe Volume 2. Yeah, Volume 2 of the Shaw Brothers from uh, from Shout is coming out. That's on the 15th. I don't think that's part of the sale, though, because <laughs> it's not Shout Select. Nope. No sale for you. Okay, no, we talked about this briefly um, a while back um, about Babylon 5's return. Uh, that that feature film, The Return, it's called Babylon 5, The Road Home. That is actually out on Tuesday as well. Hmm. PG-13. It actually has a theatrical like rating. Oh, yeah. I have a morbid curiosity to see this thing. Yeah. It, it, well, you know. Don't, don't carve out a huge part of your day. It's only 79 minutes long. Well, you're just long enough to qualify as a feature and probably as long as you want it to be. The fact that there it's there's a 4K for this for a 79-minute movie and it's on sale for $27.96. Like, get mm. the fuck out of here. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And it, and look at, this, look at this shit cover. I'm going to send it to you right now. This is, this is just... Well, that? I mean, dude, it is Babylon 5. So. I know, but yeah. wait, you, no, see, you're saying that, and now I'm going to get your recorded reaction to it when you look at it, because okay, it's not even Photoshop good. It's like... Dude, that looks like, it looks exactly like one of those, like their shitty um, season one, you know, if you go to, is it, where was it streaming on, was it streaming on Max? At Probably. One point? But this is the same bad box art. This is, this is awful. Right, Good I thought Lord. the other ones were all like just you know floating head Photoshop jobs. This this is that Bruce. Is that supposed to be Bruce Boxleitner? Yeah, I guess so. I just realized why when you just right when you said it, I'm like oh that's who that is. I, I is that is that who? I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, Boxleitner wasn't even this young in the first when it when it was on the first time. Yeah, or on Scarecrow Mrs. King. I was gonna make the joke. Yes. God, dude, where's Kate Jackson? Uh, that's her on the right, dude. That is so, that is that he that is just terrible. Yeah, that is wow. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I'll wait till it's streaming on Max um, or somewhere, or not. I'm not, I'm certainly not going to shell out thirty bucks for that. To, I don't I don't care that much. Well, okay. First of all, he looks more like Will Wheaton. Right. Dude, I was, I don't even know who he looks like, but yes, well, he's Will Wheaton-ish. 
that's supposed to be Claudia right there. I know. And that's supposed to be Patricia. I'm like, who the Yep. F- <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <sighs> no. Good lord, dude! No. I like the I like I like the only one who came out okay on this is Ray Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, get out of here with that shit! It's so bad. Away. Oh fuck, dude! Tell me when the Farscape movie comes out. You see, that's um, what I'm. I'm so excited for that. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I feel like movies like this or or properties like this are just tied to nostalgia and, and like too much to the point where if you're going to come back, come back. Okay. Don't start, dude, I don't want to start hearing you play fucking Coldplay. That's a Coldplay. I wish. Uh, I never wish for anything Coldplay really. <laughs> dude, I don't even know if I, I think I only know that one terrible Coldplay song is the only if I had to tell you a name i think the only one i could pick is yellow yeah i I don't know the names of the other songs but i know them when i hear them i always hated coldplay dude same i mean i just was not a coldplay guy and neither was i and ever i mean yellow was okay like you know because that was kind of like our first introduction to them as far as a big a big song goes i don't know i even before the pretentiousness came out i was like Oh, once I started seeing him and seeing uh, Chris Martin in interviews, I'm like, oh, yeah. It comes through in the music, brother. I can, I can hear I can hear it in the... I, uh, and then when he married Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm like, oh, shit. Well, you know, I'm glad I wasn't wrong about who I thought he was. Snow Patrol, uh, all those bands. I just... It, it wasn't my thing, man. They were just too... I couldn't tell one from the other. And every song sounded the same. The only, you know what, the ver- there's a great version of Yellow by Dido. But, yeah, because she like. So if you like the song Yellow, check out the Dido version. So the song Here With Me, I've always loved the the, the drums and the sound in that. I So I, I had to go on a deep dive about a month ago trying to find out what drum machine they had used on it. Or an amalgam of things, which I found out it exactly was the, the latter. It was. Um, a couple of drum machines specifically and then layered and then and then processed this way and eventually got the sound. But I love, dude, Dido was awesome. I mean, I was, I'm not, when I say was, I don't mean was. I mean, her music is really, yes, it's very 90s, but it, it still strikes pretty well. Yeah. You know, here with me, dude, White Flag, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and if you want to hear a great cover of White Flag, check out Howard Jones's version of White Flag. I didn't know he did one. Yeah, it's pretty great. Don't be, don't confuse that with Battle Flag, which is a fucking great song. Or Tom Jones. <laughs> yeah, Tom Jones isn't a big keyboard player. No, no, not at all. No, not, as far as I as, as far as I know. No, but but you know he always has a positive spin on things. He's always there to tell you that things are always can always get better. So it ain't unusual. You know, I have to say, I. Love Howard Jones. We've you and I have talked about it on him off mic before. You know, being a big synth guy that I am, duh, what a surprise. But I have to say, the action replay EP that he put out, the one where no one is to blame, right? That the, the version that most people know is the one that Phil Collins reproduced. So they re-record the whole thing, and no drum machines. It's Phil playing for real. 
it's my least favorite thing that he's ever done. To me, I was so married to all the songs on Dream Into Action that when he did that EP, I'm like, I don't know. When you have a song like like that, big, fat, gated, Phil Collins drums don't really fit the song. It's like, I don't know, because the song, original song on Dream Into Action is so low-key, you know what I mean? It's supposed to be like a, a soft, I don't hate to say the word message, but message song. And uh, I don't know, again, I'm so married to Dream Into Action that when that came out, I was like, eh. I like both versions. Because it, it plays, you know. because it plays to me, Dream Into Action plays as one song. You know, like as soon as like there's a certain point in the song, when it fades out, you already count it in the next song. I don't know. I just, I like him a lot. I, I've always dug him. He, uh, he had a great concert that was on, I want to say HBO Showtime, I can't remember, in the late 80s. And it was great because I got to see keyboards live on stage. I normally got, he's a one-man band. It was just him, and I think he had a drummer up there playing real, well, I don't want to say playing real drums, but drumming um, on his electronic kit. But he was, that was good, dude. I, I loved I loved his work a lot. I, I mean, I, I, some of his later stuff is a little nutty. Right up there with Thomas Dolby. Thomas Dolby's another he's one. He's out on tour right now. He was, he's been out on tour all summer. He was, uh, there's a, he was on tour with Berlin and somebody else. And I think now he's opening for Culture Club or Boy George and Culture Club. They're, yeah. on, they're on tour together. Yeah. So, but I know they were playing a bunch of gigs. It was, it was like one of those, uh, I went to one, when I, I went to one last year, which was like the Bare Naked Ladies, uh, Jim Blossoms and Toad the Wet Sprocket. But this summer's <laughs> version of that is Berlin, Howard Jones, and I forget who the third act is. Because I got an email from the venue that I was going to when I was in Atlanta. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And there's a bunch of videos on YouTube of Howard from this tour, which I think maybe that leg of it just ended, but like in July. Pretty great. He said, yeah. sounds amazing still. Yeah. Kickstart for you. How's that loveliness? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe we're half over and a week from Sunday is the last day of Women's World Cup for 2023. Won't it, you be happy about that? Yeah, I'm hoping there's some sleep around the corner from it too, because <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. So, hey, anyway. did they get eliminated? Are, they, are we still in for the? Can we still win the World Cup? The women's team, the, the US I'm just, team. I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. They got bounced a week ago. I'm just fucking with you because you're on edibles. No. <laughs> That's kickstart before this. That's kickstart. But if you if you haven't listened to them yet, we have two episodes out for Tarnished Silver. Fair game dropped a little over a week ago, and just this past week we dropped <laughs> double tap, <laughs> double tap, <laughs> double tap. Um, well, we'll what we bring you into the twenty aughts, uh, the twenty teens. What's the next one? <laughs> I still have to watch. Yeah, I really. This is I. I have to think that if I if this one doesn't live up to. Well, this one has a director that we've enjoyed a lot of his other stuff. Yeah. And an actor who we've enjoyed a lot of his other stuff. Not that that means we're going to enjoy this, but I'm, 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 I'm going in with an open mind. I have to. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking the last film of the month is going to be the best of them. Yeah. Just based on, you know, what I know about it and what I know about the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of knew that going in. This cast, this other thing is there's two or three people and they're going to go, oh, he's in it. Oh, he's in it. Oh, he's in it. Yeah. 
I mean, that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of the, seems to be the, the trend this month. Yeah. It's the game you play while watching the movie. Oh, wait. I didn't know. Oh, wait. All right, then. If you want to follow the show on the, on the, the socials, it's at Karate Pod on X, Letterboxd, and Instagram. And on Insta, Corey is at Culprit97. And on Letterboxd, it's Corey underscore Culp. If you like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll at 33 on your Instagram, or you could follow me at <laughs> Fair Game, Tarnished Silver, <laughs> Double Tap at Letterboxd.com. Double Tap. Double Tap. Yeah.